0: Welcome to another Healing Conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. My name is Loren Gailey, and today we are talking again with Rebecca and Cullen, and they communicate with Larkma, a pliating group of beings, a unity of one of six beings. I'm so very happy to welcome back Rebecca and Cullen.
1: Thank you, Loran. Thank you, Loren. We're really happy to be here with you today.
0: Well, we've got some exciting things to talk about. First off, I'm going to tell everyone that you were hitting a few cities in the nation on a speaking tour where you're out giving the messages of Larkma. And we'll talk about that. Also, we're going to talk about the changes that are taking place. My goodness, we are certainly in the shift. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Absolutely.
0: So what is your message as we see Japan and the pain and suffering that's going on there and how that's a positive thing?
2: Our Pleiadian friend, Larkma, has been telling us for some time that humans are the neurological link to the earth. And our experience is the deeper that we get involved with these communications, the more we are actually experiencing a deep and profound connection with the earth And what we can say is that when the big earthquake happened in Japan, the first one, Cullen and I were traveling, and we actually had an in-body experience connected with the Earth that preceded the actual event. We were traveling on an area called, what's it called, Cullen?
1: It's it's, uh, on I-5 in California. It's called the Grapevine, and it's a very big hill that goes on for a very long distance. It goes up, 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 and then it comes down into the L.A. basin from the north side of L.A. County.
2: As we were driving over that particular part of Earth, I started feeling an intense um, cramping in the middle of my, I guess, my uterus, right in the middle of my being, and I felt heart pressure and constriction around my throat and headache pressure as if I was my head was being compressed and shifted somehow, and I couldn't talk. And I reached over and touched Cullen's hand, and he said, Do you want me to do something? Do you want me to drive? And I just said no. And we drove until we could get out of the traffic into another place and pulled over and talked about it. And he expressed and described to me that he was feeling exactly the same thing. And what we came to understand was that we were feeling the birth process, both from an interior and an exterior manner of feeling and experiencing it, both as if we were giving birth and both as if we were being born. And the understanding that came out of that is the earth is doing what she needs to do in order to give herself a new birth to who she's going to be, and that takes many of us humans with her in the process. So there is a great pain that goes on in any birth process and a lot of chaos. But out of the birth and the chaos comes some wonderful new beginning. So what we're understanding is that whatever the earth is doing in Japan and in other places around Chile and varying spots where we're seeing the uh, seismic activity is that the earth is definitely... Doing what's necessary for her own ascension process, and we humans, as part of the earth, are offering ourselves according to whatever our contract was in this process.
0: Well, I just find it fascinating that you were able to feel that going on. Were you able to determine the time? Was it the morning of the quake, or was it actually when the quake was on, or a few hours before, or after?
2: Actually, we seem to have become human barometers for what's going on with the Earth in a most interesting way. What we just described to you was a precursor that we felt several days before the actual quake. But on the morning that the quake occurred,
1: we we had no pre-understanding. We were traveling. The vehicle we were in has no radio. And we don't normally watch TV and we usually don't listen to the radio either so we had no forewarning that that quake was about to happen when we did have that experience nor did we realize when the quake was actually happening that it was happening at that very precise time and we did have a very unusual experience two days later apparently when the quake was actually occurring we felt a very Strange, very bewildering sense of not being ourselves. We felt as though we were in a an altered experience, an altered reality. And we looked at each other and, and commented, are you feeling the way I'm feeling? I'm feeling completely out of sorts. My back was spasming in a way that I've never felt before. And I believe it was like an early warning system that my back was mimicking the Earth herself in having a, a a stretching or a movement or a some kind of experience that was totally new to me. It was very unusual.
2: What's been going on, we've been tracking this since then, and what we are understanding is that we feel things in our field either physically or in our emotional field or somewhere when something's going on cullen is deeply attuned to any type of seismic activity volcanoes earthquakes that sort of thing and he not only feels it in his field but he also sometimes has understandings of where it's going to occur what's happening with me is that i'm feeling the effect of solar flares I can, a friend of ours is a scientist, and he's hooked us up with, connected us with a way to gauge what's going on in solar flare activity, and I can now monitor something's going on that I feel in my field, and then I can go check it and see what's happening, and it aligns every single time. Every time there's a spike in solar flare activity, I can tell it before I check it and see what's happening. So we have sort of become human barometers, and we directly attribute that to our enhanced communication that LARCMA brought to us in beginning our conversations with them and the other beings who are speaking from light and love through truth about helping us to expand our awareness, our abilities to communicate and understand what is our place and our role and the transition that's occurring.
1: And we're talking to people around the world about this subject matter and we're finding that many, many people around the world are having these pre-understandings, these precursors of something that they don't understand, but they realize after an event, whether it's seismic, volcanic, solar flare, that they were actually feeling something before it happened. And so many people are telling us this that we realize that many, many people on Earth are becoming more sensitive to that perceptive situation where we truly are the neurological part as humans of the planet. We are, we are linked to what's happening physically with the planet. And we've gotten so many, so many responses from people around the world that we know this is a, a human connective understanding that's happening more and more and more acutely as more things begin to change
2: loren you asked how we can perceive good coming out of what's happening with japan and other other areas that are going through great trauma and one thing that i would contribute in understanding this is that the animals have always been able to be in tune and in harmony with earth's changes and what earth's going to do They know how to move out of the way if they sense a a lightning strike where a forest fire is going to come, or an earthquake is going to happen, or a volcano is going to erupt. They know how to take care of the animal kingdom. Humans have separated themselves from nature for a very long time, and my indication of what's going on is that we are finally coming back into harmony and unity with nature so that we can participate in co-creating what we want to exist in our reality
0: in the tsunami in Thailand, the elephants and all the animals left. Yes. And so when you guys talk about, when you, Rebecca, when you were talking about this field and feeling it, I recall speaking with some people on March 9th, two days before the earthquake in Japan, I thought it was interesting that my soul family sister, Michelle Anderson, she says, "Wow, I just feel really out there. I just it's hard time grounding. I just thought it was interesting that she was kind of feeling that as well. so you guys are saying that these are it's just energy. How can others start to feel this energy or or how do we begin to recognize what it is
1: That's a really, really good question, and as we've been watching this." and listening to our Pleiadian friends and others who do communicate through us, we're getting the, the message that simply quieting down. Humans move at such a fast pace all the time. We're all busier than we need to be. We're all trying to, to crunch all of the activities and all the responsibilities that we think we have to take care of in a time that we're now finding is changing itself many of us are looking at time and saying we're having difficulty taking care of everything we need in a twenty four hour period many many people are saying the things i used to do i can no longer accomplish in a single day right
2: the other thing that i would add to that Lorraine, is colin's exactly right about the necessity for slowing down But the other piece that needs to be added in is we're moving towards unity. And in understanding that, we have to recognize that everything that happens to us is not personal. So in understanding what you're feeling, you begin to recognize that something's out of of order with your emotional field or you're feeling irritable or your physical body doesn't feel quite normal. And you stop and ask, first of all, what am i doing that i need to take responsibility for because responsibility cannot be escaped any longer and once you have examined what you're doing personally to say what am i responsible for that could be contributing to how i'm feeling the next place that you go is how could this be universal what am i connecting to and really feeling that may not belong only to me but may belong to others and in doing that you're asking what the earth is trying to tell you what the mass consciousness is trying to tell you what's actually going on in the shift and how are you contributing to that
1: as time falls away which we're all noticing the the sense or the the element of transparency is becoming clearer and clearer that every action we make every thought we have doesn't just belong to us individually it actually broadcasts itself out in a way into the collective consciousness in a, in a fashion that is much more magnified than it's ever been before. The energies that are available to humanity are becoming magnified, and everything we say, everything we think, everything we do is having a greater impact not only on ourselves but on everyone else and the planet herself. So what Rebecca just said is really important to understand. Everything we do impacts everything else.
2: And and that means that we have a very interesting way of looking at duality that we may never have looked at before, and that is simultaneously we must be accountable for and take responsibility for everything that we think, everything that we say, everything we do, and while we're taking responsibility for it, we also must be considering how it affects others for unity and the highest good for all, and that doesn't mean taking the white light pill of simply disregarding anything that doesn't work and saying, oh, it'll all be in the flow. Oh, it'll all be okay. Oh, I surrender to what everything's going to be. It means that we have to consciously take responsibility for our part while speaking our truth and surrendering to the highest good for all. It's a very interesting mix.
1: And, and this links quite nicely with the term Loyalty humans have been using the word loyalty or the term loyalty for their families, their loved ones, their friends.
2: Or their country.
1: Definitely, in a nationalistic way, in in their sense of political agendas of my country's the best country on earth or my country's the strongest country on earth. I think we as humans are going to need to make a, a bit of a change in understanding that loyalty really means loyalty to the truth, not to a person, not to your clan, not necessarily to your family, but a truer loyalty to the actual truth that guides everything.
2: That requires a great deal of strength. For example, if a woman has A loyalty to her husband which is admirable that's a good thing that we want to encourage and yet her husband hurts her best friend by saying something unkind or doing something not particularly to her standards she has to be able to stand up and say this was not okay this is not the way I want to proceed not simply excuse her husband to her best friend and say well he didn't really mean it like that she needs to address the situation and say we can find a better way to interact with more harmony and more love. It means that each of us needs to stand up for the truth, be loyal to the truth in all of us, not only in our specific intimate relationships, friendships, or country understanding of loyalty. We have to do it for the loyalty of the truth by being kind, being compassionate, and yet still being truthful about what needs to occur not through our own ego, our belief system, or our attachment, but truth of the highest good for all.
0: I find that people in business, business entrepreneurs that I know, people working in their jobs that they've been at, going through this run-of-the-mill, many of them are just finding themselves in limbo with a lack of the passion that they had in the past. What would you attribute that to, when someone is so passionate about going out and making money and being successful, and then they get to this point where that doesn't seem to matter anymore, how does the incoming energies of the Mayan calendar, would you correlate that, the incoming energies of the, and we can talk about the Mayan calendar, but would this correlate to what some people are going through, these energies that are coming in, having people relook at things and the way that they are responsible in their life?
1: yes that that's a that's an amazing piece of wisdom that's being spread. Business people all over the world are realizing that what they've been doing for their own gain for their own personal gain or for taking care of their family is now no longer so important what business people and this this has to do with everyone not just business people but but in business particularly. I think there's a great, great new emphasis, whether it's a new energy coming to Earth that's never been available to us before or not. I personally think that's the case. Business people are realizing that if everyone doesn't do well, if everyone doesn't make it successfully and positively, none of us are going to make it. So I think that old business paradigm, or that old design of, I'm going to get up and do the best I can do for myself, for my family, is actually dying away. And people are realizing that if we're not collectively doing what we do, none of us are going to be happy. None of us are going to survive in the way that humanity was originally designed to be together. And the way that can relate very beautifully to the Mayan calendar is The Pleiadians actually gave the Mayan calendar understanding to the Mayans, and what the Mayans have been saying for 5,000 years is that we need to see each other, we need to treat each other as another one of ourselves. We need to be all looking towards all of us, not each of us individually.
2: And it's about energy. Energy is how we get there. The Mayan calendar has nothing to do with time. It's all related to energy. And the energies that are arriving right now through the Mayan calendar are channeling us more and more towards a greater opening towards unity, a greater understanding of unity, of I am another one of yourself. Whatever I do to me, I do to you. Whatever I do to you happens to me. So if I'm mean to somebody, I'm going to suffer. If I love myself, I'm loving someone else. If I love someone else, I'm going to benefit from that love. But it's not a reciprocal thing. It's about seeing everyone as the same. The energies that arrived on November 3rd last year were primarily feminine energies arriving to rebalance the terrible imbalance we are suffering from between the genders our Divine Masculine and our Divine Feminine are horribly out of balance. And the arrival of new feminine energy that happened last November to greet and accelerate the changes that are happening now are about allowing us all to move into the understanding of what is the Divine Feminine and how to each of us, regardless of our gender, how have we moved away from that and how do we need to invite it back in? Because as we invite it back in, we bring both the masculine and feminine back into harmony. The divine feminine is about surrender, going with the flow, unity, connection, communication, compassion, all of these things.
1: And I would want to add, as a man, describing this creativity, because the feminine aspect is all about creativity.
2: Colin, that's so important. That's the key thing that any male listener who might be hearing us right now might want to consider a bit is that the creative aspect is what's missing. And that's not just about getting into the intellect and brainstorming what you can do next in the world. It's about opening your heart to see what you're led to do for the highest good of all. And that leads right back to what you were asking about the business people who are changing and all of a sudden they've lost their passion. I would venture a guess that it's not their passion they've lost, Lorraine. I would venture a guess that what they've lost is the intellectual pursuit of their passion and that what they're opening to is a um, larger connection to heart energy that's leading their creative impulse.
1: And I think we're going to see a tremendous switch from the the intellectual-driven paradigm to a heart understanding paradigm. And that is also connected within and without the Mayan calendar about nature herself. Not only have men and women as genders been fighting, filled with tension, but the patriarchy in its linear, somewhat destructive. Direction has also not only attacked the Divine Feminine for these many, many long years, but also attacked nature herself. And without nature, we're all lost. We must come back into a balance with nature. And once we do that, the heart understanding for both genders, not just men, but in balance with women who can lead us and guide us, will help everyone realize that heart and nature go together.
2: I would like all of the listeners to hear Cullen and me say really clearly that inviting the divine feminine back in is not about asking the women to take over leadership of the world. It's not about that at all. It's not about taking things away from men. It's about leading all of us towards a more balanced place between our masculine attributes and our feminine attributes. And right now, since women's liberation, we have a number of women who've stepped into leadership roles, but how many of them are doing it from the divine feminine? From my observation, it appears that most of them are, are doing it from the patriarchal model. And we need to step away from the patriarchal model, both for women and men, to the feminine model of what is best for all. And once that takes place, the balance between the
1: masculine and the feminine will work in tandem together to do a better job of balancing everything we do. We don't, we don't want to simply bash and complain about how the male gender has ruined everything all along. It's the out of balance that has ruined everything. So what, what we need to actually move towards together, male and female, is a simple balance within nature, within creativity, of balancing the male and the female so that the attributes of both genders can work simultaneously in a wonderful mix, a wonderful balance together.
0: And what's beautiful about that is that we are still creating this model this balanced model with creativity and nature. So it's just going to be a beautiful world as we see that being developed. I'd like to tell everyone that Rebecca and Cullen are going to be speaking in Colorado coming up here on May 1st. So anyone who would like to hear them speak about the Mayan calendar, unity consciousness, how to manage our emotions, and the ascension process, go on to larkma.com and check out the event calendar. That's going to be taking place in Longmont, Colorado, on May 1st. And now you guys are going to two other cities.
2: We're going to Mount Shasta, California, and Reno, Nevada, and those events will be listed on our website as well. We always have a listing of where we're going to be as it unfolds and as we are invited to go to other places. And, Loren, I would like to offer for the listeners how to spell Larkma so they can easily find the website. It's L-A-A-R-K-M-A-A. And they may also subscribe, if they would like to, to our email list, and they will get a newsletter from us about where we're going, what we're doing, and ongoing world events.
0: Now, very quickly, before we go on, let's, if anyone is listening and they're not familiar with Larkma, tell us who Larkma is and how you pronounce the name.
2: Larkma is a group of loving P- Pleiadian beings who contacted Cullen and me for merging our energies with them to form a team to help the evolution of humanity. There are many people who have what is called mer- uh, channeled Pleiadian information in the past, and what LARTMA does with Cullen and I is somewhat different because it requires both of us to be present and they actually merge through the hearts of our energy.
1: We actually, we actually have to be touching. We, we can both speak the information that comes through us from them, but we must be touching in order for that information to come through us verbally, and we sometimes one of us will speak sometimes, and the other will speak at other times. But we notice that they seem to prefer Rebecca's voice, her resonance with their energy. So for the past couple of years, she's actually been the spokesperson. Although I am sitting with her and
2: receiving messages simultaneously. If
1: if I were to lip sync what she was saying it would appear as though we we're both saying exactly the same thing because we get the information simultaneously I simply do not speak it
0: it's, you guys are the male-female balance
1: yes
2: that's what they tell us
1: they that's, that's a Lorraine that's a very interesting part of who we are and why we do this Larkma and they 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 pronounce their name in a musical tone fashion this is actually how they would say it larkma they don't speak as humans do with vocal cords through an intellectual connection with each other they speak to each other through heart tone which could either be thought of as mathematical or musical so the way they merge with us is they use our what they call our libraries of our minds and they use human words so that they can be understood by the human audience that we bring them to but the way they communicate is much more direct than the way we communicate they communicate heart to heart in an instantaneous
2: in an instantaneous fashion One thing that I'd like to point out, um, Cullen and I transcribed many of their words into a book called Conversations with Larkma, and there's more information about that on our website as well, but in that book, we were most reluctant to do the final chapter, and they kept telling us over and over again, this needs to go out and it refers to what you said about Cullen and I representing the balance between the male and the female and they entitled the cat the chapter the divine couple
1: which which we thought was really not appropriate because
0: <laughs>
1: every everyone is divine we are all a spark of divinity and we we had some great difficulty naming that chapter and writing that chapter
2: We did not want to be perceived as making ourselves special or separate or different from other people, but by the time it was written and in print, we understood that what they were trying to say is each couple is a divine couple, working out the divine masculine and the divine feminine in balance, and by having us put that that chapter in the book, they're using us to sort of test the market, to let people know, we're working with this couple right here, and here's how they here's how the male and the female don't get along, and here's how the male and the female do get along, and let's see if we can all do it better.
1: And they they chose this, they say, because we really see things as two complete individuals, 180 degrees opposite of each other. And they laughingly tell audiences, sometimes to our embarrassment in public, that we couldn't see things more differently than we do, and they believe that that's what gives us our ability to receive the information, broadcast the information without any filterization. They they choose not to use the word ego. They prefer to say without filterization. So apparently, Rebecca and I, although our worldview and our cosmic view is absolutely identical. Our personal, our personalities, our our outward way of being in the world is absolutely diametrically the opposite. And so apparently it makes for a filter that doesn't allow us to alter what they say or how they come through us.
2: Or I would say it doesn't make the filter, it removes the filter. Yes, better way. It removes the filter because we are absolutely unattached to any belief systems we might have. We can't have any belief systems about what's coming through with our Pleiadian friends because each of us may perceive it entirely differently. And so through our individual perceptions, we present it with the same words and it comes through clearly without attachment to what we think about it. In other words, the thought process is eliminated altogether.
0: I was gonna ask you what you hear and how that comes across and you just you said really you get your thoughts out of it. And you can do this live from a stage?
2: We do it on a weekly basis wherever we are and we do it on a daily basis at home privately.
0: Are you both sitting together so Larkma if wants to communicate a message would be willing to do so?
2: Sure. Okay. Ready?
0: Uh, yes, yeah, so Robin and Colin, you're together now. We are. I welcome Larkma. Hello, Loren.
2: We are Larkma. We are happy to connect with those who are listening to your wisdom that you wish to share. How can we assist you?
0: What do the next few years look like for humanity? What's our role in how we cope?
2: Ah, two excellent questions. First of all, from our perspective, there is no such thing as time. So when you think of the next few years, think only of the present moment. How are you being present in the present moment? How are you flowing with connecting with others and listening to the earth. The way to cope is through unity and harmony with each other. The way to cope is through understanding your own shadow, not attaching to any beliefs, moving out of old patterns that you may have, and moving into a more direct link with nature harmony, and all of the love that we as star family are bringing to humans at this time of transition. We will be sharing more specifics for the locations where we travel about the energies that are going on specifically relevant to those who live in various areas. As we travel, we will address questions. the hearts of those who have invited us to communicate with them.
0: Will we be in a world where we will understand our galactic family and be able to see our galactic family?
2: That is already occurring. Those who are on the path of raising their own vibratory energy levels are already beginning to see and hear and and understand things that they have not perceived or thought possible before. It is not a matter of future. It is a matter of now. It is all around humanity even as we are speaking. All that is needed to be able to access this is for each human to raise their own vibratory rate to clear their own shadow so that they remove the blocks that prevent them from understanding truth. We are here at this great time of shifting from the old humanity into the new humanity that is being born. Humans simply must ask for assistance and remove themselves from attachment to their former belief systems. As they do this, with our guidance and the guidance of all beings who speak through love and light and through surrender of what you think from a 3D perspective is the only reality, you will open your eyes to being able to see and your ears to being able to hear a greater truth. The greater truth is here now. The opportunity is here now. It is simply a matter of human decision to be loyal to truth, to seek the higher vibration, and to do your part, each human, move beyond what blocks and restricts you. We will say no more at this moment but we thank you for your interest in listening to us and we welcome all who wish to connect with us to connect through our wisdom, through the words we present in our writing, through the information Cullen and Rebecca share, through what you call your internet and through any other opportunity you may have to be in our presence, where you may actually feel the energy, and some people actually see the energy of us when they are present. It is a very individual thing, according to each individual's own perception. However, many report that they see unusual things in our presence. So we invite you all to listen, or to see or to connect with us through your heart in any manner that you can. We love you always, and we thank you for the opportunity to share. We are your brothers and sisters. You are us, and we are you and unity. Good always.
0: Well, thank you. That is fascinating. And it's just wonderful to hear some of those Stories. Rebecca or Cullen, can you share more about what types of energy people experience in that room, or what they see?
1: Oh, that's quite easy. Um, as as we present Larkma here in Ashland every week, if if we're not traveling nationally or internationally, the lecture hall that we gather in sometimes changes in, in just the most amazing ways. Everyone knows that, that buildings creak and crack when the temperature goes up or the temperature goes down seasonally. The room that we present Larkma in cracks and creaks continually. It pops, it mm. it just completely changes the atmosphere in the room when they are with us. And many of the audience members will comment during during the, the merging or afterwards, and they will say things like, Did you hear those noises? Could, could you hear the roof shifting? Could you hear the walls swelling? And we know from experience that the energy that Larkma brings, and there are many other visitors who come with them from time to time. We never know who's going to show up but it affects the room.
2: We have the divine feminine presence who wishes to speak on occasions also, and the first time that she spoke in a group gathering, the temperature in the room went up visibly 40 degrees on the thermostat.
1: In a number of minutes. In a
2: number of minutes. People were peeling off layers of clothing. They were breaking out into a sweat. The entire first row of the audience was in tears since that time whenever she presents her energy uh, it's been modulated so much somewhat so it doesn't have such an intense effect modulated by other beings who are participating with helping communication between human structure and light beings coming from a different place or a different energy you asked what others might see we have our eyes closed when we do this work so we don't see anything ourselves However, we have had people report that Cullen's face changes or that I move in a way that I don't look like myself. Some have said they've seen uh, orbs of light around us. Some have seen blue energy behind us, large and small wave patterns of blue. Some have seen... Cullen, help me think.
1: Well, Lots and lots of
2: reports.
1: I tend to blink in and out. Some, sometimes people report that that they see me and then they don't see me and that I I wave in and out of their visual perception as though I'm a mirage and that, interestingly enough is how we perceive Larkma we see Larkma as a wave of blue energy that looks mirage-like It it moves in a wave pattern and they're here they're not here, they're here they're not here, it's a it's a very, very interesting understanding in physics of the difference between particle and wave. Many physicists describe humans or our material world as particles, but actually, Larkma describes much of what goes on as waves, and that's how we perceive them as a wavy, non distinct energy. So, people see many things. People see colors, people see movement, people see light um, and it depends on who is in the audience, what their perception level is. It's different from audience to audience wherever we are here in America or when when we travel out of America. But participants in the audience always hear or are aware of some change some something that's not in their normal perceptive
2: understanding I would say also Loren that Cullen and I have been aware since we were children that when you're engaging with and communicating with other energies it's not something you can do from a 3D perspective so I would caution anyone who is coming into the presence of Lartma and studying and seeking to I want to see this not to look at it from three d but to soften your gaze, soften your vision, and allow the other realm to present itself to you it's not something that you can force into your visual realm. You have to soften to allow it into your realm
1: and that and that would encompass softening everything, especially expectations, because there can be no expectation of seeing. Something that's not normal in our visual or feeling arena using three-dimensional understanding of how is this going to look? How am I going to perceive this? Because it can't be viewed that way or it can't be felt that way. It has to be felt in a softened, altered manner.
2: The greatest things that Cullen and I have ever seen or heard have always come from a place of surprise, a place where we're not expecting nor were we looking for anything, and all of a sudden something appeared. For instance, uh, several weeks ago we were visited by an angel of light. We weren't looking for that. We were in deep conversation with two dear friends from Sweden who were here visiting with us, and the angel of light appeared, and we saw it, they saw it, we weren't looking for it, it just came.
1: But interestingly enough, we believe this angel of light came to us because of the subject matter we were talking about. The four of us were sharing an understanding of of light, of the energetic component component of light. And all of a sudden, two of us, then three of us, then four of us actually saw an actual representation of light in the room and we're finding that that occurrences like that are happening to humans all over the planet more and more and one of the interesting things is there, there are synchronicities happening more and more and when humans are talking about subject matters that have to do with light, trust love
2: compassion, joy,
1: all all of the higher the higher vibratory states that are not emotions because the the things that both Rebecca and I just listed, joy, love, light are not emotions. Emotions are attached to fear, struggle, strife, discontent
2: what Larkma has taught us about emotions is that emotions are merely signposts and signals to let us know and alert us that something needs to change. So if we're feeling an emotion, that emotion is pointing us to something is, is needing change here. Do your work. Make the changes. If we're experiencing joy or deep, deep expressions of love, that's not an emotion. That's a higher vibratory state, and it's a completely different experience.
1: The emotions were never designed to help us to wallow in or become lost in, nor to attack others from. They were only designed as signposts or tools or signals to alert us that, "Uh uh-oh, there's something wrong. Look, Look at what's happening. Look at how you're feeling. And just use it as a signal, not a state of being.
2: Our very individualistic society has taught us that we have the duty and the right to express our emotions, and I think that is completely wrong. I think that what we have missed is that it is our duty and our right to explore our emotions, not to express them necessarily, but to explore them to see what benefit they're offering. What are they pointing us to that needs to change? What is it that we need to examine? And then what we are to express is the truth about what we, what we know must change, not the expression of how we feel about it. The feelings are personal. The feelings can be shared with others, certainly, but they're not intended to be emotional expressions that we have a right and a duty to project onto others.
1: And what we're noticing globally at this time is that as we move towards transparency, as we move towards unity, the need to even notice or live within the emotions is becoming less and less important we're not we're not finding that we need to live there and feel them as an overwhelming depression or or angst or tension situation it simply they are simply showing us which direction to move in and as we move towards that clarity of non-individuality but unity they're not as important in our lives
0: and that's what we see happening in, in many facets in the business world and you know when you were talking about we were also raised to think with our heads not with our hearts and that's a great misconception because When you were talking about love giving you a higher vibration and when you can see this energy as a wave, that is like being in another dimension. So with love comes a higher vibration and that is how we are going to be able to see more just by dropping the mind drama and being in in love in the moment.
2: Actually, you're exactly on target in our understanding. That's what LARPMA tells us is opening us to being multidimensional humans rather than three-dimensional humans. And that's the new humanity that we're evolving towards.
1: We were always meant to evolve in that direction. We just got waylaid with whatever we thought because of the mind attempting to control us rather than letting the heart lead us. The the mind is only in place to listen to the heart and physically and intellectually do what the heart asks of us, but we have turned that around to the, the opposite of the mind controlling the heart, which was never the idea of what the heart's wisdom was here to tell us.
0: Well, fascinating as we all learn to make these adjustments with the messages of Lark Ma and the work that you both do. I must ask, and please forgive me if this is a little intrusive, but are you both, would you consider yourself soulmates?
2: Soulmates, heartmates, many lifetime mates. We are an energy that is connected with one. There's no barrier between us. We have different aspects of who we are what Cullen referred to as the 180-degree difference. So we have definite different aspects of how we are in 3D dimensionality, but we are without boundaries in our relationship to who we are. We recognized each other the moment we met. There was no question. There was never any question. The moment we laid eyes on each other and our hearts were there, there was a resonance that we knew that we were sharing one shared heart.
0: We
1: also share one higher self. Mm -hmm. Our, Our high self angel is one energy. We don't each have a distinctive high self angel who guides us and helps us. We share the same energy, the same wisdom, the same
2: guidance. Mm-hmm. Our our lessons in life, our contract in life, this life, our agendas that are presented to us and our assignments, however you want to look at that, they are the same. Whatever one of us does, the other one participates in. Whatever one is working through, the other one is either holding the space for or working through from a different perspective. It's all connected. You ask if we were soulmates, my favorite term for referring to Cullen is he is my heartmate
0: heartmate. what happens when the three d life gets in the way? How do you guys handle any little squabbles about no, you should turn right or park in that parking space? You know what i mean those little those little things that get in Does that happen to you? We
1: laugh a lot we do we do <laughs> we good We do find that that we are confronted with that, and what what we do and what we say, what we have developed into is looking at each other and actually saying out loud or we don't have to verbalize it but we do from time to time is nothing matters because we are together
2: and that can be translated into any little thing that happens along the way as so what Larkma teaches us one of the biggest things that we as humans need to know right now it's not what we do it's how we do it So, therefore, it doesn't really matter if I say go right and Cullen says go left. It doesn't matter what. It matters are we going to get there. That's the how. So the what doesn't matter. So if we can laugh at the the ways that we see the world differently and if we can look at each other and say it doesn't matter because we're together and that's such a great blessing. It took us a while to find each other this lifetime and to pick up through the thread of what we did not finish, accomplish, or do that we were going to do before, and that we are doing, finishing, and accomplishing now for all of those lifetimes together, we're exceedingly grateful for the opportunity to be together at this time, this time of doing our work, of helping the earth shift, of moving forward into the new reality, of becoming the new humans that we are all supposed to be. So what we do is we take responsibility for everything, recognizing that what we do affects not only each other, but the outer world as well. And then with a smile, if something comes up that's annoying or irritating, we say, so what?
1: We'll get through this together.
0: That is the foundation of what we need to do as humanity for unity consciousness. Because if we can do it as a couple, then we're starting to program. that's that new program, that new way of being, that we're just going to get stronger and stronger out. It's really the saying, peace begins at home and it yes. proliferates out to the world. So thank you both for being here.
2: Thank you for the invitation to communicate with you this day. We appreciate it and we always enjoy our communications with you.
1: Thank you for spending this time with us. The the combination of of questions, speaking, all rolls into one great connection and we feel honored that you have invited us for this hour together
0: well we've all learned a lot more and just remembering our role on this planet and it's just so special to share it with you both and with Lark Mom. and I thank you too for listening please share this program so that we can get this important information out to the rest of the world. And be sure to follow this show so you get notifications of our weekly shows full of fresh information that you won't find in mainstream media. I now leave you with music from the universe brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. This is music literally created by the universe as musical notes We're assigned to mathematical equations. Take a listen to the music and have a beautiful day.